Welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. This is your home for progressive, thought-provoking real talk in the chiropractic profession. Featuring the legends, the innovators, and the thought leaders that move our profession forward. And now your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Okay, everyone, welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. Let me announce our partners. We are partnered with Carl Research Fellows and World Spine Care. The Carl in Carl Research Fellows stands for Chiropractic Academy of Research Leadership. They produce the researchers in our profession for the future. A lot of young, bright, ambitious minds are ushered through that uh that program and we support it fully and we hope you do too. So whenever you have the ears out for Carl and their need for any sort of support whatsoever, uh, please, please do reach out and help them any way you can. Uh, those are the Carl Research Fellows. We are also partners with World Spine Care. Coming up soon, we're working on it right now. It's in development is a virtual summit that is fully uh, fundraiser for World Spine Care and their mission throughout the world. So this is not uh, humanitarian tourism, as you see some sort of like go out to some other country and then treat them and take a bunch of selfies and say that you cared about the world. World Spine Care is legit. Uh, they bring evidence-based musculoskeletal care throughout the world, multiple clinics in multiple regions of the planet. Please check them out, worldspinecare.org and support their mission. And when you do see this virtual summit come around, it's one way you can directly help them. And you're gonna get some, a lot of benefit with some great present presentations at the same time. So check that out. Our sponsors, we have a list of sponsors to go through. Uh, we vet our sponsors. We wanna make sure that uh, their products and their services would serve you well as an evidence-informed chiropractor and that they are top-notch and these aren't, you know, they're not those companies. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to I get stuck where I, I don't want to be negative. Look, there's some bad crap out there and then there's some good stuff. And we try to vet our sponsors to have the best quality stuff available. Our sponsors are the Jane app, China gel, the T tool, chiroup.com, hyperice, gestalt education, drop release, the chiropractic success Academy InReach health and conquer cleaner. And I, once again, I never thought that I would be promoting a cleaning product, but it is that good. Uh, so definitely check out Conquer Cleaner. And then finally, uh, the sponsor that deserves the limelight for this podcast is the Smart Chiropractor. And representing the Smart Chiropractor, also representing the evidence-based chiropractor, is Dr. Jeff Langmade on the show. Welcome, Doc. It is my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. I want to give a quick shout out to World Spine Care as well, because yes. uh, I think they're doing really fantastic work. And I think sometimes we as chiropractors here in whether it be Australia, Canada, United States, we are concerned with reimbursement. We're concerned with the mechanics of our business. And we don't think about the fact that literally most of the world, billions of people have no access to any healthcare, have never heard of chiropractic and are in dire need of neuromusculoskeletal care. And I don't think there's another organization out there that has done more and quite frankly, probably been unsung as much as World Spine Care in getting into 
communities that literally maybe have never seen any healthcare professional before. And we get blinded to that being the fortunate people where we live. And we don't realize that most of the world has no access to any of this. They're not, the decision between going conservative or surgery is not even on the radar. <laughs> <laughs> so it's they don't a, have a lot of skeptics out there for the work yeah. that they do. They don't have a lot of skeptics out there in Botswana <laughs> arguing about which approach to care is the most has the best research around it. They're just like, can you help me? Yeah, World Spine Care is unsung, I think, because that's part of their ethos, right? That's like right. they don't go around, they're not braggadocious, they're not self-promoting, they are on a mission. That's right. And and executing that mission is the only thing that they're really interested in. It's it's actually quite commendable when you view how their their operation works and how each person in within the operation is committed to professionalism and delivering this product, this thing to the world that, you know, shoot, musculoskeletal issues are the largest problem in the entire world of any complaint, anything. That's right. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. And that is a literal Herculean effort uh, going into places that have no law that have bias that have no concept that have no, you know, yeah. starting from ground zero in many of these places, I cannot imagine uh, the, the amount of work that they do and what they do with what they have is with absolutely what, yeah. incredible. So uh, good kudos to you uh, for working with them on the upcoming summit. And uh, I'm going to encourage everybody listening or watching. That's one you want to be on. That's super important. Now, some more housekeeping is we'd also have our own virtual summit. So every year the FTCA has its own virtual summit. Um, it basically funds us, like our website and helps us keep the lights on and all that stuff and uh, helps us fund our annual live event as well, which those can be quite expensive. Um, and that is forwardthinkingchiro.com backslash F-T-C-A-N-O. It's Forward 2022 Virtual Summit, which you are presenting. And, uh, you know, it's October 8th and 9th. So it's, it's, you should never date a podcast. It's always bad business. But if you are hearing this in time, you should register and you can use a discount code BUYU because this was, this has got a New Orleans sort of theme to it. And BUYU will get you a little discount there. Interesting thing about our virtual summit technology though jeff is that we can we can rebroadcast at any time we want nice so if people just stay tuned in and they they hear this later on they can still go to that website and it'll be rebroadcast at some point throughout the year so I, i'm still keeping it evergreen now you're presenting at this virtual summit and that's one of the reasons we have you on this talk and you're talking about uh, recurring revenue and issues of that nature what kind of themes are you going to hit during your talk Really, I'm going to talk about how to build recurring revenue, regardless of how you approach practice. And to me, this is one of the most important conversations. Peeling it back, you and I were talking before we hopped on, on, on messaging. And I've always viewed myself, and I used to say this more often, but at the intersection of research and marketing. I do like research stuff, but I love the marketing aspects as well. Some of that gets tactical with email and that kind of thing. However... Sure. Um, with most of the businesses that I've founded and created have been monthly recurring revenue type businesses. Why? Because I love ongoing long-term relationships. I love the stability of that from a business sense. And I think it's a great model. And we've seen that explode. And many people maybe are like, ah, you know, like Netflix, like you get these things stacked up, Yeah. but that's for a reason. But when we bring it to healthcare, We've also seen like unicorns spring up, athletic greens, ritual, hymns, hers. 
And these are real, comp uh, the healthcare company forward, for example, these are real companies doing really big things in the recurring space. And I started to look back, this is a couple of years ago now, ideating this and saying, there is a real place beyond what we would normally think of in terms of maintenance and wellness care. While I still believe that that can be very valuable in many situations, there is also other ways to think about how to approach this regard that, that can apply to docs, whether you're pain, rehab, sports, what, however you approach practice, there is a way to do this. There just was never the framework. So that's really the goal of this and kind of wrote a book associated with it. But the gist of it is uh, how to approach building recurring revenue in your practice so that every month doesn't start at zero, so that you can decrease some of that stress and increase a little bit of freedom as well. Not everybody needs to be online marketing superstars or transition out of in-person care, but man, if 10 to 20% of your revenue you knew was coming in and you got close to covering your expenses, now your day in and day out becomes a hell of a lot more fun. Yeah, and people in our profession used to get nervous about the recurring revenue conversation because it really only equaled one thing, right? It was signing people up for maintenance care. Right. And then convincing them to come in every single month, once a month or whatever, every two weeks, whatever your recurring yeah. thing was. And obviously in the evidence informed world, there was nervousness around that. Right. Uh, there is probably some, I mean, we've seen personal and, and in-clinic benefits to some people who per, pursue maintenance care. It's not, it's not verboten. Right. And there's even some, suggestions of relevancy within some evidence like the uh the nordic studies on maintenance care you know we, we've reference. got all that stuff but still people are nervous about the idea of recommending maintenance care and that was the one solution for recurring revenue but now we've got a laundry list of ways you can go with this right yeah, there's there's three primary ways. I mean, one is I think of knowledge services, the other is in-person services, and the third is e-commerce. And yeah. I'll take a step back. I'm happy to dive into any of those, but I'll take a step back and set a little bit of the framework. You 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 are getting there. I'll, I'll, I'll I don't want to give away your whole talk, man. You're gonna, oh, no, no, you gonna... <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, we won't we won't give away everything. But I think it's important. Here's the thing: is that and a lot of times this comes down to the S word selling. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm selling and you sure. shouldn't. Here's the deal. Here's what, here's what I've distilled it down to is if you feel like you're selling something, you either have a patient avatar problem yeah. or you have an issue with what, you know, not having what you believe in. And here, here's what I mean by that. Let me be more specific and say it a little bit cleaner and clearer is that you're selling when the solution doesn't match the need. Uh, or square the square peg round hole, square yeah, peg round the, hole. So, if you are somebody who is super passionate about, um, you know, move, movement assessments and things like that, if somebody goes back to their same, you know, daily habits that they drew, you brought them in your practice in the first place, do you think it'd be a good idea to assess movement every every once in a while, whatever that means to you? Probably the answer to that would be yes. But here's the thing: you need to define. It starts with. Who's my ideal patient that's going to come into my practice? Who, do, who gets me super jazzed when I see him on the schedule? Like, what's the archetype around that? The avatar. You guys go deep with that with CSA. You know, how, yeah. what is that avatar? Great. What are the problems they're struggling with? Because if you build that archetype correctly, you know what they're struggling with. Somebody who's uh, trying to golf on the weekends has different struggles than a newborn and different struggles than a 30-year-old CrossFitter. They all have right. goals, expectations, and struggles. Well, then I say, what are you as a provider passionate about? If you want to take care of them, that's your ideal patient. You probably have knowledge and insight into that. Cool. 
You want to know where to start with the current revenue? What's the stuff they're already buying in the health and wellness space <laughs> right. that's a poor quality that they're buying somewhere else? So that is where I, that's where I think of it. And when those things align, now you're not selling, you're actually helping your ideal patient get the right thing to help them along their health journey, whatever that means for that person, because every, everybody's archetype is going to be a little bit different or avatar is going to be a little bit different. And if you feel like you're selling, you either didn't build the avatar correctly or you're not as passionate about and as knowledge depth you know, as you think you do in there. So when those things align, when it's the patient's needs, desires, goals, when it's your best recommendations, and when those are aligned and you have some passion behind it, when those are matched, now you are truly, not to sound corny and cheesy, but serving more than selling in the yeah. truest essence of it, because you're supplying something that's beneficial for the patient in a way that helps them get to where they want to be. So it should never be about selling. I think about it in three contexts, knowledge services, in-person and e-com, and uh, we can kind of go from there. <laughs> yeah, because that's those those are how things break out. So clinic gym hybrid services. Uh, right. Uh, uh, what would you what would you consider continual nutritional counseling still a service? Yeah, the, some some of them get a little hybridy, right? So if yeah. there was a, a component to that of them buying a supplement that obviously favors ecom, but if it's based upon let's say a monthly you know check in interview, however you want to define that, that hedges towards knowledge services and communicating that way. So it, there's there's some of these that become a little bit hybrid esque. That's great too. Well, here's the key, though, for people who are new, even new to the concept. The idea here is that people are giving you money for something on a regular basis that you don't always have to be. It, it's passive to a degree or semi-passive. That's right. That you don't have to be there in the room. It, it's not a fee for service. It, you're right. not getting paid by the hour to do it. You That's can right. scale to almost an infinite level. It, in in concept and theory, you're a hundred percent true, and that it's is not. Really, I mean, you, it's not actually true. It's really hard to scale. <laughs> yeah, but, but you can, but you, but you can get there. That and that and and you bring up a great point because and that's that's exactly what I always try to think about. I'm like, great. Like, what if just ten to twenty percent of your patients, if you line this up correctly, you identify your patient avatar, you know what they're struggling with, you you decide or you know evaluate. Hey, is that knowledge? Is that in person? Is that uh, you know a physical product, ecom supplement potentially? And then you line that up correctly. Well, you're just, you're, as we like to say, teach and invite, but you're just offering. You're not forcing, right. you're not selling. If 10 to 20% of your patients take you up on that offer over time, months become years, become time goes on. Now that starts to really add up over time. So not everybody needs to have a you know unicorn company or a hundred million dollar, you know, online right. or virtual business. But dang, I can tell you for most chiropractors, an extra five grand a month would be a right. really big deal and meaningful in their ability to show up less stressed, <laughs> which yeah. to me, you not to get you know, woo too. Yeah, but if you show up like super stressed as a provider, that's uh -huh. not a good thing. Like you and you shouldn't have to, but you gotta you have to start doing some different things. And one of the challenges is being 99.9% .9 fee for service. If you want to take time out, if you get injured if your career gets cut short or if you want to move and then you're like oh my god i'm starting at zero well if you had e-commerce and that was a portion of this you're location independent right. so this gives you so much more freedom and flexibility not like you need to be drinking my ties 24 7 and like right. you know going to be an internet millionaire but just in terms of like i just think so practically in terms of lifestyle yeah you can think as simply as you you think of the average chiropractor who's fee-for-service they're doing the work they're in their office 
they're seeing the patients, they they follow advice like they should, and they actually create a marketing budget and they market appropriately, and then it's busy and then it gets slow. And then they're low on funds and they say, Well, now I don't have the market mark, I don't have the money for the marketing budget. I'm not gonna mark, you know, they go through this roller coaster ride, oh, yeah. right? But with a recurring revenue, you could you could earmark specifically. All right, so I'm making that five thousand dollars a month on my passive income. I can earmark a thousand dollars, two thousand, whatever it is, specifically to marketing for my practice, because that's what I actually love to do. I love to see patients and and be with people in the clinic. So now I can create a machine that generates marketing revenue for my other machine, which is the practice, which is what I really love to do. That's and you're exactly- right; it's only got to be. It doesn't have to be the farm. That's it can right. be a, a small percent and it makes a big deal. It can, it can be, a, it can be a really big deal. And I'll give a specific example of this that I ran into personally. And, you know, I think everybody can resonate with some version of this, but a patient comes in I've, and I've told the story before, but somebody comes in, they ask me, what do, let's say I'll use a very basic example. They ask me what I take for a multivitamin or daily or whatever else. I spend like 10 minutes describing something super poorly. They go away. The next week they come back, they purchase the wrong thing. Did I serve yeah. anybody there? Like, you know, it's like <laughs> The answer is no. And it would be way easier to be able to say, that's a great question. I have an online store with all of my favorite things curated in it. Here's the QR code, or you can scan the QR code on the way out and you can see all of my favorite items that you know I, I either personally take or utilize whatever it might be. And the difference between having it, I say specifically e-commerce, is that it lightens that inventory load. So I'm totally, if you want to have products in your practice, I'm all for that. Like, go for it. But I know there's a hindrance point for many docs out there where they either can't stock everything that they'd like to, or they're hesitant to stock anything because now you're like pre-buying, selling on the margin, and now you feel like you're selling. And you or feel you like have, you have to like get to this call, stuff you know, off the shelf, yeah. Yeah, or you have the closet of seminars past, as I like to call it, where you <laughs> had all the good ideas and everything gets stuffed away, where if you can have e-commerce as the primary, now you eliminate the inventory and all of the shipping and things can be taken care of. So that makes it so much better from a user perspective and from a client perspective, user meaning you, because you don't need to stock the things necessarily, or you could have samples or limited inventory without having to go ham on inventory and carry yeah. that overhead. The second component is it's better from a user experience. People are used to buying online. If something can get drop shipped to them in two to three days, that's just as good as them buying, you know, sort of right there in house. So, and the benefit additionally is that if they're buying an e-commerce solution, it's consumable. Now they can do subscribe and save, and that becomes the recurring revenue instead of having to quote unquote sell them every time they come in, which nobody on planet Earth ever aspired to try to do that stuff. No, this is perfect. So this, hopefully, this well, this is what's going to happen: square peg, round hole in this conversation. There are people who are going to be interested in what we're talking about here. And go, wow, I'm I'm interested. I want to know more. And they're going to be like, that's not me, and that's fine. That's why we have these virtual summits set up the way they are. There's over a dozen speakers and there's going to be something that interests somebody at the summit and they're, they're, it's free to attend the summit, but it's a low cost if you want to upgrade and keep the content. But that's why these summits are set up the way they are is because you're going to find that one thing that resonates with you and then you can capture that content by upgrading and all that. Um, I think if this concept is interesting to people, they should check out your talk. Uh, you just go to forwardthinkingchiro.com and you can register. Like I said, it's for free. 
and this will pique their interest and they can go deeper. Now, after their talk, so I don't know how, I don't, I haven't watched your presentation yet. I don't even know if you've turned it in yet, but it's not the deadline. I did. We're, we're, <laughs> oh, you did? Okay. You're one of the good ones. Um, what if people want to go deeper in this concept of recurring revenue, et cetera? It's a you great question. You said you wrote a because- book. Yeah, all of the all of the good ideas are great, but implementation is where it matters, and that's absolutely the part, right. So absolutely. So yeah, about uh, a couple of months back, we released a book, uh, you know, kind of via the smart chiropractor. We've been working on it for literally way way longer than I want to admit. Uh, you know, years, quite literally. Uh, and it's called the Payday Practice. And the, the reason it's called the Payday Practice is number one, this catchy title, and number two, mm-hmm. it describes what we're trying to do, which is it's not. This isn't about building a Lamborghini and sipping Mai Tais. This is about how do you create monthly recurring revenue that meets or exceeds your monthly expenses? If you can do that, you're cooking with gas. If you even get close to that, you're cooking with gas. And that's really the goal of that book. So the book, we wrote the book as really a step-by-step process because I view it in two big steps, have an audience and then craft an offer. And the offer again should match the audience. What are their needs? How dare you? (laughs) <laughs> like that's the whole formula for everything avatar build that audience around the avatar and then make an offer that they would value that's right that's right that is that that is that is the goal so we go step by step through sort of every component of that and then of course you know building crafting the offer is always more the more of the complicated part in in many cases or i'm going to say where docs have less experience so that's sure. where we kind of walk through hey here are the options here's how to think about this here's the worksheets to work through the ideas for what makes sense for you here's the benefits of doing knowledge services and the challenges here's the benefits of in person and the challenges here's the benefits of ecom and the challenges and the beauty is you get to decide which is why at the top i say to me, this applies to anybody who wants it to apply in their practice because it's a reflection of who you are and what you do. And most importantly, I'll tie it back, who your ideal patient is. And that's really the, the key component of it is that it's under it's uncovering what makes sense for you. It's not one size fits all. It's not one size mm-hmm. fits most. Mm-hmm. It's one for one. So our job and our goal with the book is to really help you outline how can you implement this because who your ideal patient is and what you're passionate about is going to be different than me, different than Bobby, different than anybody else. And the goal is to make it unique to you because the more unique it is to you, that doesn't mean it needs to be dramatically esoteric, but the more that it's in alignment with what your thoughts, beliefs, and goals are in practice, and those people coming in, of course, where that meets, the more successful it's going to be. Yeah, I would consider myself an expert in membership-based businesses at this point, you know, operating, creating quite a few, and then consulting on quite a few. And I'm going to say, especially for the chiropractic audience, this is very difficult for them because well, a lot of the audience, what they do is they say, okay, so what are other people doing? You know, just like they would do in their practices, right? Like, okay, so what insurances are you accepting? Okay, so what kind of table do you use? Okay, so what kind of uh, treatment plant? Like, you know, they always want to sort of replicate yep. someone who's successful. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way, especially in something that is pretty close to being commoditized like chiropractic. You do kind of want to keep up with the commodity a little, a little bit and then hopefully innovate a little bit beyond the commodity. But that's a different conversation, right? When we talk about recurring revenue, when we talk about 
any one of these things, whether it's service, uh, 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 the, the three concepts you talked about that I'm slipping this yep, close to Knowledge services in person or e-com. On those three things, you do have to be absolutely unique and innovative. And there's going to be very little guidance for anyone to tell you how other people are doing it. There are only examples of things that might be a little bit similar. So if you're a chiropractor who does not have that sort of entrepreneurial creator creation ability, you know, to create or innovate something new based on aesthetic or communication or copy or just the darn product itself, this can be difficult for you. But if that stuff in, interests you, and you think you can create something like once again, world spine care is what it is because they took on that, what you call a Herculean effort, right? So we are going to go, we're going to swing big because no one's done this before. When you, when it comes to these kind of concepts, these recurring revenue concepts, you do have to swing big and do something that no one's ever done before. Someone had to make the first clinic gym hybrid. That's right. 10 years ago, I always thought it'd be great to have a, a supplement store online so I wouldn't have to have things on the shelf. The technology really wasn't that there yet, but it's there now and someone could definitely be in, innovative. If anyone wants to go back in podcasts and listen to the podcast with Dr. Emily Kibbard, she has a whole online pro had, I don't, I don't know if she still does or not, had a whole online program for yoga and members that would sign up to her yoga program and they would they would be guided through it online. Completely innovative. No one had done that before that I know of in the chiropractic world. That's the kind of thinking you have to have to get, get to that next level. It's very complicated before that though. Yeah. So yeah. complicated. Know your, know your patient, uh, build an audience around what you know, and then offer them something that they actually need. Yeah, the beauty of it, and here's the thing, the beauty of it for me as healthcare providers, as chiropractors, is even if you don't have a huge you know, social audience or anything like that, you still have patience. And I, I'll talk about this super pragmatically like a company, like a company like Athletic Greens, they have customer acquisition costs. They spend a ton of money because they have no audience. They have to pay for everybody that they get to purchase the service. You know, That's right. Eventually now they're building brand, but they're still doing it. 90% of their acquisition is on paid advertising. Um, that is a way to do it, but a really tough way. You got to know what you're doing. You have to have big pocket, deep pockets. You have to have yeah. experts. It's not applicable for 99.999% of chiropractors. But what is, is... You might be young, newer in practice. Maybe you have a hundred patient records. Maybe you have a, a thousand. Maybe you have five thousand. You have an audience. You, do, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have people. Like you have, you theoretically get launched with zero acquisition cost, as we say That's in the right. marketing world. Why? Because you are a healthcare provider. They came to you for a reason. The beauty of chiropractor. It's not as I always say. You know, the, the best surgeon I worked with was like I'm 33, 33, 33. It's fine. 33% get worse. 33% the same. 33% get better. Chiropractors, I talk, you know, hop on the phone. What's the percentage of people in your office that get well or get better or reach their health goals? 90% is oh, the answer I get all the time. And I believe it. Like the odds yeah. are in our favor. Like yeah. most people on your patient database like are, you and get yeah. a great result. <laughs> and it's just fortunate that you chose chiropractic and you probably do a great job clinically as well. But movement-based care generally works. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's it. You have the odds in your favor. So that doesn't mean you hawk junk to them. What that right. means, serve them along the actual continuum and don't leave them out to dry the second that they feel a little bit better. And then they either go back to bad habits, purchase inferior products, don't know where to go. 
to work out. If you want to have a clinic gym hybrid, don't know what supplements to take. They buy, you know, vitamin D on Alibaba or something. And they just literally flushing their money down the toilet instead of having anything of quality. Like this is an opportunity to extend the patient relationship in a clinically meaningful way, not to you know beat the horse here, but you get to choose. So hate supplements, don't do it. You know, like, you know, do something with physical <laughs> services or knowledge. You know, love, are you into nutrition? You, in my opinion, if you're into nutrition and don't have e-commerce as an easy subscribe and save option, you're completely missing the boat. Yeah. Or, it, you know, knowledge services. If you are somebody who's younger and you're super tech oriented, you've built a big following on Instagram, you're getting questions all the time. How come you don't have a subscription to be able to monetize that knowledge base? You should. You're an expert and that provides Now you want to stay within the lines of the law and all those caveats. But there is plenty of latitude to apply this in just about any way you can imagine. And our goal with the book is to hopefully walk, hopefully start to walk you through that. And uh, as you said, Bobby, I hope that as many people as possible listening and watching, hop on, learn from a variety of great ideas during the upcoming summit. And we'll go deeper into some of these some of these topics as well. But to me, this is one of the one of the most not not the most, but one of the most important conversations I think we can be having because the healthcare landscape is evolving in this way. And yeah. you don't have to be an expert in it today. But I my, what I try to say is you need to start at least thinking about it. That was just what I was about to say. I was about to say, okay, we can we can put a bookend on this conversation and say, all right, if the seed has been planted. Now, if you want to start to discover more and start to tiptoe into the water of passive revenue in your practice and all that, we're going to attend the summit or thinkingcairo.com. You can go to the summit there. It's free. And then we can get the book as well. Can they get the book on Amazon? Is it, is it an Amazon thing? Yeah, they can get it on Amazon, but I, I believe Just the trunk uh, of your we're going to give a digital copy to everybody that attends the summit. Oh, my goodness. So, oh, my goodness. That's yeah. a speaker bonus, huh? That's it. I didn't tell people when you upgrade, <laughs> when you upgrade, you get bonuses from the speakers. Okay. And we can say, once we put a bookend on that, uh, put your mind to it. If it interests you, now we're going to go on to another topic. I wanted to ask you your point of view on this thing that I've noticed. So we've got our TikTokers mm -hmm. and we've got our YouTubers and all these folks and they're getting they're doing their thing, whatever their thing is, and they're getting lots of likes and lots of follows. Some of them are earning ad revenue, right? Mm -hmm. But how much do you want to... I mean, I don't have much hair left. I'm not going to comment on your scalp either. <laughs> but how much hair do you lose when you see them get all this traction and not, then not move any single person to like email? Like they just they just make their posts, they get their likes, and then they move on to the next post. Like no Soul audience pressure. capture what whatsoever. Okay, how much content do you produce and I produce where we get decent following? Right, like you can think of an average chiropractor just trying to build a, awareness of their practice, and you you put up a Instagram uh, reel, and you get like a thousand people that like it or whatnot. That's great. Could you imagine getting like uh, you maybe you have like a million views on something, a uh, hundred thousand views on something, and then not taking the opportunity to ask them to join your mailing list? Yeah, this is a this is a really big issue, and it's a growing issue as docs, especially younger docs, but experienced docs as well. But uh, many younger docs are building really, really large followings, and 
the conversion to is, you know, kind of paid, owned and earned. Right. But right. the thing with it is, is, uh, you know, as my partner, Jason would say, somebody moved your cheese. Right. But it's like, you know, you, you need to get while the getting's good. Um, and I say this all with the, you know, the ethical backing of, you know, you want to do what's right and everything, all of those caveats, but here's the deal is that Instagram's algorithm will get worse. You will visit, you will reach less people over time, sure. no matter where you're at, your, uh, you know, your, um, opportunity is today, it will become more challenged over time. That's right. So what does that mean? That means that, or you could have an account shut down or, you know, there's a variety of different things that can happen, but you need to get people onto your email list at absolutely all cost. Now you also could exchange text in there as well. That would also make sense, but you need to get information because when you're at the whim of meta snap, TikTok, you are at the whim of Meta, Snap, sure. TikTok, and YouTube. And their you have no control over their algorithm. And I can guarantee you they're not going to continually give you more and more reach for zero dollars, et cetera, et cetera. And when you are building a big following, if you do not have some modicum over control of that communication, you are extremely vulnerable. And you are probably going to look back on the time that you put in and have missed a massive, massive opportunity. For us, uh, you know, old guys, I think we can think back to the early heydays of Facebook ads when you could pay pennies and, you know, people are opting in for everything, consuming right. everything, Facebook showing you to everybody. And it's like, you know, a smorgasbord out there. And it's like, wow, this is easy. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> um, and it probably wasn't easy and it probably isn't easy today to do what people are doing on TikTok and, and Instagram. However, what I do know is that TikTok views are very non-correlative to money in bank, very yes. hard to convert people, uh, nearly impossible. There's a lot of international views, et cetera. Instagram would be second and Facebook is tightest. So while Facebook might seem passe, old fashioned, and it might seem like it's uh, not, it's, it's, it's smaller audiences, you have to remember it's the specificity of that audience. If you reach right. 20 people, but 20 people raise their hand to meet, connect, interact with you from a business sense, that could be potentially of more value than one person out of 100,000. You got to balance those out. That's a little bit of a seesaw, right? But I would caution everybody out there that is built. Let me put it this way, simply and clearly. If you are building a large following on any social platform, please ensure that you are concurrently building your email list at the same time. If you don't, those two lines are going to kind of split and you're going to end up with a very, very vulnerable position long-term where you right. might eventually have millions upon millions of followers. And none of that really benefits what you can do in your practice. Uh, and I think that that is, uh, or whether knowledge services, if you go recurring revenue or, or anything else, but it's a big deal. So don't be mistaken that just because you're building a big following and taking advantage of TikTok basically in my opinion, dramatically overinflating view counts right now on purpose, which is what Facebook and Instagram historically have done. So, TikTok's yeah. doing the same thing. Don't believe your hype. As with anything, so the truth is somewhere in between. When you're at your best and you're at your worst, the truth is probably somewhere in between. <laughs> right now, TikTok is inflating views like crazy and everybody thinks that they're wonderful and great, yet it's impossible to convert of. Everybody's crapping on Facebook for good reasons in some cases. Yet it still converts pretty well overall if you know what you're doing. The truth lies somewhere in between. Build yo email list. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really painful for me to see. And I try to get people because I, I compare it to like, remember the and one basketball 
highlight you know yeah like, yeah <laughs> you would see those guys like the professor or whatever and they'd be around the back and they'd bounce the ball off your forehead and they'd spin around and break your ankles and you fall down and they'd hit the shot and and the the, the casuals would be like man that's an amazing basketball player the the ones who've actually played basketball would be like yeah but if he was on a court playing the real game there's nothing there it's empty right. And that's what I look at sometimes when I see the, especially TikTok, but yeah, Instagram. And then some Facebook is like, you put the content out there, you get people to say, that's awesome. Whether they're real people or just like robotic uh, sample profiles from India, or, you know, whatever. But you never said, join my email list if you actually like what I'm saying. That's right. And that's I, I, who even, I mean, for each platform the conversion rate's different but i mean if you ask somebody to buy directly off your instagram what like one percent i don't know two percent four percent it actually you're right it is it's it, it's around it's around one percent on instagram and my understanding of uh tiktok is a point zero one percent and then you ask somebody to buy something from your email now we're talking eleven percent eight percent seven yeah somewhere around yep. there it depends on what you're offering depends on your audience and all that that's a huge difference it's a huge difference depending it's, on the content you put out there it's super meaningful and i think even if you're not at the point where you want to monetize we've been talking a lot of business but you know and even if you're not at the you want to build the list before you need it the list is the most about your email list is the most valuable asset i said this last weekend at palmer and i was up there talking email list is the most valuable asset you have in your practice what you might think it's the building that you own that's a great thing yeah. but you 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 transact on that at the end one time when you sell it and that's your retirement for many chiropractors that's great that's right. yeah however that's one time your email list is something you can use each and every week and it doesn't always have to be about sales and smart chiro we always say teach and invite consistently that's our motto right so it's like this is about engaging with people, helping people live better lives. And again, then you match, you know, you match a little invitation over there. You don't need to beat them over the head with deep discounts or scare tactics or anything like that. No, you know, if, if they're following you, do what you can to get them onto a email list, even if you don't have anything to sell to them, because you can continue to build that relationship. And then that becomes really meaningful and it gives you an array of options you will be happy you did it looking back five years, 10 years, 15 years from now. And you will not be some of the docs that I speak to today where they have 10,000, they've seen 10,000 patients over the course of their career. They don't, then they can't keep their schedule full. Yep. And a lot of that is because they, they never can, you know, quote unquote, they don't have emails on the people that have come in. They have no way to communicate with the people that they built relationships with. And that eventually catches up with you business-wise. So I guess for everybody out there building audiences, one, kudos for getting out there and doing it, you know, because that's hard. It's it's not super easy. You're, you know, so kudos for you for taking action and being the one to get that. But I would caution, don't believe the hype that just because you're getting millions of views, you're going to be like set for, you know, set for life or it's always going to continue. Think right. about the long game. Take advantage if you are getting those millions of views on TikTok, utilize it for your benefit as well. You're benefiting the people by hopefully putting out great content. But get them, as Bobby said, onto your email list so that as TikTok evolves and changes, you can continue to build a relationship with those people. And a certain percentage over time are probably going to match something that you offer in a meaningful way. You'll help them. That you know, Your business will be better for it. And everybody wins, which is what we're all after, ultimately. This goes for students, too, by the way. So students that are listening and even associates who the students are always telling me, well, I can't promote my practice because I'm not a chiropractor yet, so I can't. 
I can't say that I'm a chiropractor. Like when we're talking about building an audience, we're talking about you know, who you would love to serve. It doesn't matter if you're a, a chiropractor yet or not, but you obviously love to serve somebody. So find who you love to serve and then create content around that. You know, uh, we one student, uh, I don't want to drop any names, but she was a dancer. She loved dancing. She's a dance instructor, dance teacher, would lead dance troops. Make a blog about dancing. Right. Share the blog everywhere and have people sign up to your email list. Then on the day you become a chiropractor, now you're a dancing chiropractor and that list, it, it, not all 5,000 people on the list are going to sign up to see you. But on the day you open, you might have 50 people on the books. That's a pretty good conversion rate. And I would rather have 50 patients on the books than zero the day I opened. And 100%. Uh, like associates, you can do that too. I'm going to have a classic story that this is even when I relocated from Oregon uh, sorry, from California to Oregon, I had a list. It wasn't a big list by any means, but I still let everyone on the list know that I was moving and where I was moving to. And I'd be gosh darned if even from that distance, there were still about five or 10 new patients. But when I went from uh, an independent contractor to opening my own practice, then I had a list that was much larger and I just let them know, I'm, I'm leaving this facility as an independent contractor. I'm coming over here to open my own practice. If you want to come with me, I'll be here. If you need a referral to somebody who's competent, who lives in your area that you, you would like to see instead that you think I trust, let me know and I'll give you a referral. You know, and you move the business, the business can move with you. You're right. You sell the building, it's gone. But <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and so and it's so important. There's a key part important. about students that I want to touch on. You, you hit it, but I, I, I want to drill just a little bit deeper because I, this is a really important conversation. One is as you, I won't say if, as you as a student or a young doc, build an audience exactly as you said Robbie when you when you open you are in a leverage high leverage position if you have an audience of even I don't care if it's 500 but now think big what if it is 5000 what if it is there are students graduating with 250,000 followers on Instagram right yep. now I know yep. some of them they are going to have a much easier time when they open their door exactly as your point now announcing that they are open seeing you know seeing patients etc the second component to that, the second level I think about it is if you want to be an associate, I, I, I use this example uh, yes, for years, yes, yes, you know, yes, yes. Uh, you know, doctor, doctor, doctor is hiring a new associate doctor. One, one, one young clinician comes in and says, I'm a great, I'm a, I'm super motivated. I'm super happy to be here. I cannot wait to get started. I have great skills coming out of school. I can't wait to help. Oh, by the way, says, the doctor <laughs> said, well, well, and then the doc, then says, doctor says, great. I have a couple, I have one more interview. Next interview comes in, says the same exact thing. I'm super motivated. I can't wait. I have great clinical skills. And by the way, I have 10,000 people following me on Instagram, 500 people on my email list, and I'm pretty much ready to tell them where I'm ready to start practice. <laughs> Can you start tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, this, and, and here's the beauty young docs is most of most of the older docs didn't take advantage of this. So okay. you can build a relatively small following and probably have a bigger following than the practice you're going into, which gives you potential negotiating power at the table because you're actually bringing something of value. The labor that you bring with your care is important, but unproven. And when you can bring in an audience that is about the most high value item you can, whether the practice is even ultra successful, bringing right. in a larger audience only adds to the leverage that you have. 
And that is a really, really key component to it. And Bobby, you said it, you don't need to wait to get started. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't. Right. I, I would, I would even say if you're a hiring doc, maybe that's something you start asking the associates you want to hire. I'd say in, in my day, I actually, in these independent con in this independent contractor relationship I was in, I think I actually got made fun of for having a social media following. Like the guy was like, ha ha, you with your, your Facebook stuff, ha ha, like you waste a lot of time with that. And you know, you bring in a bunch of patients and that shuts up. That's quiet. That's right. You, know? <laughs> you get crickets after that. All right. So I want to close it out with this idea because we've hit a lot of this, but I want to summarize with this idea that I've hit on a lot. So I took Years ago, I took uh, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, and I thought that was a great concept to introduce into the chiropractic profession. So I wanted younger docs to understand the flow of a career of a chiropractor and different advantages to different ways of doing things. Because a lot of them just sort of fell into, well, I guess I need to be an associate because I need to make money. And uh, I don't want to work for anyone, but I don't really want to start my own practice. So I'm just going to be a uh, lone wolf, doc in the box, independent contractor. And then you know, I tried to explain to them, like, the responsibilities of an employee are different than the responsibilities of a business owner. The things you have to master to be good at each one of those levels are different. The tax implications of each one of those levels are severely different. And then, of course, to follow Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant all the way to the end, the end goal from associate to independent contractor to practice owner would be then investor. And a lot of the stuff we've talked about today creates the vehicle for becoming a real estate owner, a passive income. You know, if you want the Ferrari, get the damn Ferrari, go for the, you know, become a passive income magnet. I don't, I don't know. I don't know many docs like that, but there are, they exist. Go for it or the boats or whatever you got, the fishing boat. You have to understand the flow and then you have to understand the responsibilities at each level. So I've sort of put them in tiers. There's like tier one, what it takes to be a good employee is completely different. And the responsibilities are different than what it would be to be like a good practice manager, which are completely different than what it would be to be a business owner, AKA a system operator. Um, I think that this is an instrumental cog in the future, passive revenue having this extra vehicle that if you want to get from business system operator to either retirement or early retirement or investment vehicle activity in your life, you have to look at the recurring revenue concepts or you're just really not going to make it there without pure volume of production. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think it's here's, here's, here's the, here's the beauty uh, and the challenge. If you're 100% fee for service, Best month of your career. It's the first of the month again. <laughs> it starts all over. <laughs> worst. Here's the good news. Worst month of your career. <laughs> it's the first of the month and it starts all over. So right. you know, when, and this is the challenge is like, when you're a younger doc, you might be day 25 of the month before you actually have created enough revenue to meet your expenses. And then your money is made like the last three or four days of the month, like in terms of sheer profitability of the practice. If you're a more experienced doc, maybe you've cut that down to 10 days, 15 days. But imagine if you didn't have that. Like if the every first month, month you had some modicum of money, even if it didn't hit all of that, but you were able to take a big chunk out of that in a meaningful way 
and and serve your patients at a higher level because you're helping them along with a, a longer portion of their journey, a longer portion of the continuum in a meaningful way that makes sense to you and them. And when you're able to do that, as you said, Bobby, I couldn't agree more. Now you establish more freedom and flexibility for what else are you interested in? And it doesn't need to be something even outside of chiropractic care, but it, you know, do you want to invest? Do you want to build your team? Do you want to have a second location? Do you want to double down? It, it, that's up for you to decide, but the freedom of choice comes with the opportunity for that freedom. And to do that, it is exceptionally difficult to do that in a 100% fee-for-service model where every month starts the roller coaster over again. But when you can have something underlying that creates some stability, some less vulnerability, then you it, it enables you much more freedom than not having it, regardless of what the sheer aggregate number of dollars is. It's a groundhog stay over and over again right. for your whole freaking career. <laughs> All right, so we've planted the seed. If you if you want to get out of Groundhog's Day and you want to think of different ways to do it, thinking a little bit more outside the box, check out the book. Check out the virtual summit, forwardthinkingchiro.com. This was an excellent conversation. I always have excellent conversations with you. Thank I always you. harken back to Berlin. Uh, your wife, your, yeah, your wife's I, I brilliant as well. <laughs> the beer was good. Um, late night in Berlin, your wife's brilliant. It was a great conversation, so... Um, I would always tell her, no, I'd tell you, you picked a good one before I told her. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, I would agree. (laughs) Um, and like always, I mean, you're always game, but I will always invite you to talk over and over and over again. Um, Thank you. Truly brilliant. And your heart's in the right place. So thank you once again for being on the podcast. And I look forward to seeing your presentation on the summit. Thank you. Thank you.